Matthew 25, verse 1 says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise uh, answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just humbly come before you tonight. We thank you, Lord, for the good day and for the many blessings. We thank you, Lord, for the testimony that we heard, uh, the things that Molly shared with us tonight. We thank you, Lord, for the work that we see that is taking place in Honduras and, and, the, and the miracle that you're working in the lives of those people. Lord, we thank you tonight for the testimony we heard about the Christian influence uh, on uh, Molly's sister, Maria. And Lord, we lift her up to you right now. God, our heart's desire is to see her enter into a saving relationship with you. So God, we just pray, Lord, that you would continue to move upon her and work upon her. God, that you'd continue to put the right people in her path at the right time with the right words to say. And Lord, I believe because I know that it's your will that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Lord, that one day we'll hear a good testimony. We'll hear a good report uh, of how she has come to you. And so Lord, we thank you in advance, Lord, for the work that we see you doing there. And God, let me just ask you tonight as I try to bring your word tonight, I need your help. I can't do it without you. Lord, I don't know. Uh, with, unless you give it to me, I got nothing to say. Nothing worth hearing. So Lord, I'm just praying. Clear my mind of everything but your message, your thoughts, your words. Place on my tongue the very things you'd have me to say here tonight. And God, help me. Help me, Lord, to present your word in a way that is brief but impactful. In a way that touches your people. God, I, we know that your word will not return void. So Lord, have your way and your will in our midst here tonight. And we'll be sure and give you all the glory for it. God, we love you. We worship you. We praise your holy name. And we ask it all in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Amen. I, uh, you know, you think about things and you want to plan things and, and, and you have great ideas. But if they're not God's ideas, then they just won't work. Since we were doing this with missions tonight... I kind of had hoped that, you know, I would have something to talk to you a little bit, to, to go along those lines, a few scriptures, preach a little bit about that, but that is just not what God had in mind for me to do tonight. No matter how hard I tried, that was not where he was leading me, and that was not the direction. If you will remember uh, last week, I preached out of this same chapter. We preached about the talents 
Tonight, I want to bring to you just a few words real quick here uh, about the ten virgins, which they are, uh, you know, that were to meet with the, the bridegroom, right? I don't know if it's the right way to say bridesmaids or not. The Bible says virgins, so that's what we'll refer to them tonight. If we look at uh, Matthew chapter 25, we can see that Jesus um, clarifies further what is meant to be spiritually ready, right? Matthew chapter 24 is when his disciples had asked him what the signs of the end times were. And he goes through a list and he talks to them about that. Well, here in 25, he clarifies. He starts with a couple parables and and then he talks about the dividing the sheep and the goats. But he is further clarifying what it means to be spiritually ready for his return, right? That's the question that, that chapter 24 starts with. That's what he addresses in chapter 24. That is still what he's addressing and teaching about here in chapter 25. What it takes to be spiritually ready for his return and how we are to live until he comes back, right? You could almost say that this chapter is a litmus test, right? That Jesus uses or gives us to use for what it means to be ready. We start here in chapter 25 with the ten virgins, right? Uh, and, and I would say that, it's a, that the question that's being asked there or what it's saying is, are you ready, right? Are you ready living a life of faithfulness, patiently waiting and watching for the Lord's return? The ten virgins teach us that every person is responsible for his or her own spiritual condition. It's on us. And then when we get to the ten, ta- or the not ten talents, but the, the parable of the talents, uh, which I talked about and preached on last week, right? We could probably sum that up by saying, are you actively serving the Lord by using what he gave you, right? Using your personal and material resources, right? For his glory in order to further his kingdom, right? I believe that parable shows us how necessary it is for us to be using what God has given us. And then the last part of chapter 25, we see the separation of the sheep and the goats, right? We see the judgment, also sometimes referred to as the judgment of the nations. And and one lesson, there may be a few lessons that we can take from that, really from all of these, but the one lesson that I know for sure that we need to take from this is are you responding with compassion to the needs of, of other Christians, right? That is one thing that he is addressing for sure at the end of that. Uh, it's, it stresses the importance of serving others that are in need. And so and that is a lot of what Molly was showing us and, and was talking about on this mission trip that she went on, was serving those who were in need. The one thing I thought about it that if I hadn't have already known, I would learn just from the slides that she was showing and the things that we, she, she, was, she was saying is we are the most blessed people on the face of the earth. We are blessed beyond measure. Please don't take that lightly or take that for granted. Every bit of it. It's not because of our excellent work ethic and how smart our forefathers were or how lucky they were, however you want to look at that. It was because God's hand upon this people and upon this nation. It was His blessings that He and His grace has given us And just as easily as he's given them, he can take them right back away. That blockhouse that those people felt like they were, they just won the lottery 
to get a to get a a a bunk bed made out of two by fours. If God was to remove His hand from us, that'd be your house. That'd be you. That'd be me. When we look at these three, uh, the the two parables, and then the judgment that's described to us, the separating the sheep and the goat. I think it takes all three to present the whole picture, right? And the one thing that I know for sure is that all three show that there is a day of reckoning coming, right? There is a day of judgment. There is consequences for not being ready, right? That is the theme of this whole chapter. That is what it's saying to us. So I'll say to you tonight, uh, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. We better listen up to what the Word of God has got to say for us. And so anyways, when we look specifically, or say to us, when we look specifically here at the parable of the ten virgins, there's a lot of different interpretations to this parable. I've heard different people describe it different ways and teach it different ways and explain it and preach it different ways. I've had different thoughts on it and I don't pretend to have it all figured out. But as we look at this, you know, the question usually revolves around the oil and the lamps and why couldn't the wise ones give to the the foolish ones and, you know, why did it have to be this way? The, the first thing I think to figure this out is, for me, was looking at that oil. Now, as you go through the scripture, oil usually represents the Holy Spirit, right? When it's used in a symbolic nature in the scripture, it's usually symbolizing or representing the Holy Spirit. Now, that's not a hard, fast rule, right? You know, there's not a footnote in the back of the Bible that God put in there saying oil always equals Holy Spirit. Not anything like that. But we can usually see from the teaching that is usually what it, what it means or what it represents. Not always, though. Uh, it could just simply represent being ready. If you've got your oil, if your lamp's full of oil, you're ready, right? That's probably a more simple understanding, and that's probably, uh, not probably, I know that's accurate. I've heard some say that the oil was, uh, how do they say it, the oil was good oil while it lasted, but the, but the oil that was used yesterday will not keep today's lamps uh, uh, lit. You know, it's not enough for today. And so I think they're, they're talking about how we can't just depend on the past and past experiences and, and that, you know, that they're not sufficient for the needs of the day. And so that, you know, talks about the need for daily grace. And, and, and I get that, but I keep coming back to oil representing the Holy Spirit. So think about it that way with me for just a minute. And let's look at our, at our text. Let's look at some of these verses. Let me pull a few things out here. Verse 13 says, Watch therefore, for ye know, know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. That's where we end it. We know that the whole point, right? The parable's over and Jesus is saying, Here you go, here's the point. The whole point is Jesus is making a warning or giving us a warning about the unknown time of the final judgment. If we back up two verses and we look at verse 11 and 12, it says, Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. Right? This was the foolish ones. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Jesus is saying, You know me not. Right? 
That reminds me of what Jesus said earlier in Matthew chapter 7 and verse uh, 21, 22, and 23. Let me just read it to you. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. That sounds very familiar. That sounds very close to what he is saying here. Right? Think about just, just for a minute what he's saying there. He's saying not everyone that comes claiming to know me, not everyone, right, who has said, well, Lord, I've done this, right? Not everyone that comes and says, well, Lord, I went to church, right? Lord, I give uh, uh, tithes. Lord, uh, I've done this and I've done that. He's saying there's many that he's going to say to, I never knew you. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. If we go back to our text here for just a minute in Matthew 25, if you back up real early and look at verse 2, it says, Five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil and the vessels with their lamps. At the midnight cry, the lamps of the five foolish virgins are empty on the inside. You following me? Empty on the inside. That means those lamps that those foolish virgins was carrying, in the hour when they needed to be ready, they weren't ready, and they weren't nothing but useless exterior shells. The lamps of the five wise virgins, they had something on the inside. You see where I get my interpretation of where I'm going here, right? Five had something on the inside and five did not. And because of that, the five wise virgins were ready to go. Even at an unexpected hour. You know something? An empty vessel, it's a worthless vessel. You know, you know God uses a vessel to describe us a lot through the scripture, right? I'd say it's still true, an empty vessel. It was a worthless vessel. Five of them had a supply of oil. They had something on the inside. Five of them did not have a supply of oil. They did not have something on the inside. But the amazing thing is all ten of them were familiar with who the bridegroom was. Right? If we were going to bring it today to, to us, uh, then all ten of them had been in church. All ten of them knew who the bridegroom was. All ten of them had been watching for his return at one time. Look at verse 8. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil. For our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, say, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. I don't have it all figured out, and I can't explain it all for sure. But I'll say this. You cannot get from man what only God has to give. Right? They're empty on the inside. 
I think that oil represents the Holy Spirit of God. You cannot go to man, right? How many go to man looking for salvation? You cannot go there. You cannot get from man what only God has to give. You know what? There are many sitting in the church houses today who are empty, who are empty vessels. Bible says that we're to be filled with the Spirit of God. Ephesians, uh, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. Let me just read it to you real quick. It says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. As a matter of fact, I'll go on and just tell you, if you don't have the Spirit of God living inside of you, you are not one of His. Uh, Romans uh, chapter 8 and verse 9 makes that clear. It says, But if ye are... Um, let's see, verse, Romans 8 and 9 says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He's saying if you don't have the Spirit, you're not one of mine. It's the Holy Spirit that fills us. It's the Holy Spirit that renews us. It's the Holy Spirit of God that transforms us, that empowers us, that leads us, that teaches us, that comforts us, that seals us, that marks us. As one of his. And if you ain't got that spirit, you ain't got anything. You're just like them foolish virgins. Verse 10 says, And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Now I'm not going to spend a lot of time preaching on that. I think I could preach a whole sermon. When he talks about the door is shut, uh, that reminds me of when the door was shut on the ark. And I know that right now the ark is being loaded again and there's going to come a time when the Lord comes back, the door is going to be shut and that's going to be it. There won't be another opportunity. Listen, here's the point. I don't want to go farther with this text than what I'm supposed to go. But here's the point that I need to make. When Jesus comes... There is going to be many who will not be ready. A lot of wailing and weeping and gnashing of teeth. So that's why it's so important that now is the day of salvation. That's why we need to be concerned. That's why we need to have a burden for the lost. We talk about these mission trips. We talk about, we give prayer requests. We talk about those that are lost. You know, we talk about the churches closing doors and, you know, and there being less and less of an influence even here in this country. And I'm telling you right now, that is why is because there is, because there is coming a moment in time whenever the, the Lord comes and it is going to be too late. Now is the day of salvation is what I'm trying to say. Second Corinthians 5, to, or I mean chapter 6 verse 2 says, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Today is the day for salvation. Uh, but many are unconcerned. Many are not looking for salvation. Many are sitting home right now looking for what's, on the, te- what's uh, on the TV guide, what's on the television, right? What's new on Netflix? What it is that they can find to tickle their itching ear? What it is they can find to entertain themselves? You know what I've come to realize? On the day of salvation, 
right? The Bible says, behold, now is the day of salvation. So I'm talking about today. On the day of salvation, many are looking for pleasure instead of salvation. But on the day of judgment, then I tell you that this whole chapter teaches us there's a day of reckoning, a day of judgment coming. On the day of judgment, there is going to be many looking for salvation. And it's going to be too late. They weren't ready, right? Their lance was empty when they should have been full. They should have been something on the inside, and instead they were just an empty shell. And listen to me. Can I just say one more thing? Maybe tonight was unbailed hay. Maybe it was just me on my pet peeve or whatever. But when Jesus comes, it ain't going to be no secret. It ain't going to be no secret. I'll prove it to you by Scripture. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 7. Revelation chapter 1 verse 7 says this. Behold, he cometh with clouds. Right? It's talking about the second coming of Jesus. He cometh with clouds. Right? It's when he's coming for judgment. And every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. Every eye shall see him. Every eye. Who's not included in every? He even says those that pierced him are going to see. Right? Every eye of, of, of all time. It uses the word kindreds there. I think that's talking about all tribes, all nations, all people groups. All kinds of people, I think, is literally what's meant by kindreds there. They are all, you know, I used to know a man, he was pretty smart on the Bible, a pretty good Bible teacher, but he had some crazy ideas, and one of them was, was he had said, and this has been about 10 years ago, 15 years ago maybe, he had said because of the invention of the internet and modern communications, now Jesus could come back, that way every eye could see him through the internet. Baloney, he don't need no internet. <laughs> Amen. It's going to be a supernatural event when a supernatural God enters in. Glory to God. And I'm telling you, every eye will see. Hallelujah. I believe with all my heart. I told you this before, church. I'm trying to wind down. I, I believe in Noah's day, when the door of that ark closed, I believe every ear heard it. Every year heard it in a moment, in an instant. They knew. They realized. I think the Bible's describing a time like that again. Uh, whenever the door is shut, every eye will see. And they'll know. And they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth, right? They'll be just like it described there in the scripture uh, uh, in, in Matthew 25. Did you catch that? Uh, there at the, uh, what is that, verse 13? No, or maybe it was in Matthew 7 that I was reading. But look, here's what I want to say to you, and I'm quitting. You better get ready before it's too late. If you're not ready, it is time to get ready. Friend, he's coming. And it may be sooner than you think. Because if he doesn't come before, he'll come for you when you draw your last breath. Now, 
I pray and hope every one of you are saved here tonight, but I don't know your heart. Maybe you're not. But let's just say for a minute that you're part of the redeemed. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. How many do you know that's not? How many do you care about that's not ready? Every one of us has got people that just come to mind. So let me ask you, what are you doing about it? What are you doing about it? When's the last time that you mentioned anything to them? When's the, really, we ought to just boldly walk right up to them and witness and share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. But how many of us won't do something as simple and as easy as just give a simple invitation to church? I come across a statistic as Jennifer comes for a song of invitation. I come across a statistic that I had planned on sharing and maybe a, few, a sermon in the future, so I don't have it with me. Um, I wished I did, but I think I remember it good enough. I believe a statistic said that 72%, may have been 82%, but I think it was 72% of your friends, now not just some casual, you know, somebody you just happen to meet once or twice, but actually your friends, people you have a relationship with, 72% of them, now I'm not saying you just flippantly ask them one time, you've got to be sincere, you've got to mean it, and they've got to know that this is something you would like for them to do. And you may have to ask them more than one time. But if you do, they'll come to church. They'll come at least one. Now, that's no guarantee they'll get saved, right? We know that all won't get saved. That's no guarantee that they'll give their heart, but at least they'll come. At least they'll have a chance to hear the gospel. But the sad part is, According to that same statistic, only 2% of the church, of church people that now we're talking about us sitting here, will actually invite their friend, will actually say something to them. If you believe what I've said tonight, what I proclaim for the Word of God, from the Word of God, how much would you have to hate somebody to not at least try to warn them? Would you stand to your feet? I want to open the altar and I want to give you a chance to come tonight. If the Spirit of God is dealing with you, would you come tonight? If you've got a need, if you've got a heavy burden, would you come tonight? Whatever it might be, would you come tonight? Would you come? Hallelujah. If you've got a need, if you've got a burden, would you come tonight?